0: Hello, and welcome to this week's Read Together podcast. My name is John Fleischauer, and I serve as the Associate Director of Connectional Ministries for the North Alabama Conference. This week's readings come from the lectionary for the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. In particular today, I'll be reading from Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. So let's read together from Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So what are your spiritual gifts? Scripture teaches us that, as Christians, we all are given specific gifts by the Holy Spirit for the good of the church. These are not merely skills and talents that we have developed over the years, though they can certainly influence those. Rather, as Paul puts it, these gifts are specifically to equip Christ's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. For me, I have the gift of teaching. There are few things I love more in ministry than helping people learn new things about their faith or about scripture and seeing that light bulb go off in an aha moment as they learn something new and profound about who God is and who God has created them to be. But that's not everyone's gift, where I feel incredibly fulfilled spending an afternoon doing a deep dive into a particular passage of scripture and learning all the nuances of what it means. I have friends and colleagues who think that sounds like a recipe for an involuntary nap. But some of those same friends and colleagues are incredibly gifted in, say, prophetic ministry and work tirelessly toward making ours a more just and peaceful world. That ministry is incredibly important and essential to what we are called to do as the church. But that's not where I am most effective. As Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, he is writing to a church that has the basics of faith there. These are not new believers, nor are they facing some great test of their faith or some conflict in the church as is sometimes the case for those to whom Paul is writing. Rather, he is writing them words of encouragement and seeking to help them fortify their already strong faith. And for Paul, he is writing this, scholars generally believe, towards the end of his ministry, as he is looking back and reflecting on all that he has taught and all that he has done and all of the ways that he is wanting to um, encourage and strengthen the church as he comes to the end of his own race. And What he has come to realize is that part of strengthening the faith of the Ephesians means helping them to recognize the unique ways in which they are gifted and called. You see, Paul recognizes after a long ministry, and indeed that this is part of God's design for the church, that we all have a unique role to play. If everyone were gifted in teaching, for instance, then we would all have a really thorough understanding of the nuances of Greek verbs, but would have no understanding of the needs of the poor and hungry around us. Likewise, if everyone were gifted in evangelism, we wouldn't have enough room to hold all of the new people coming into our churches. But eventually, those people would start asking questions, and we wouldn't know how to answer them. And those people that were coming into our doors wouldn't have an opportunity to grow deeper in their faith. Now, that's not to say we can ignore the things that we are not especially gifted in. In fact, Paul goes out of his way to say that our goal should be to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, who perfectly embodied all of these gifts. But as we are on our way to perfection, We can trust that the entirety of God's work doesn't rest solely on any one of our shoulders. For me, that's one of the greatest, most brilliant parts of each of us being uniquely gifted, is that we can work together and build one another and the church up by using each of our unique gifts. In fact, I think that's why Paul prefaces these words by talking about how there is one body and one spirit. And In fact, if you go back and count, he uses the word one seven times just in the first couple of verses of today's passage. But as Paul emphasizes this unity, as he emphasizes that there is one body and one spirit, he is emphasizing that though we are all uniquely created and gifted, we are all part of one body, and it is from the one Holy Spirit that we receive these gifts, even in our differences, even in the ways that we are uniquely created, even in the ways that we are not like one another in our giftings. We are called to work for the good of that one body, the church. And in the process of this, Paul reminds us that all of these gifts are created equal. No one gift is better than the other. They are all important for the benefit of the body of the church. And when we do this, when we are able to recognize that these gifts are all significant, they are all important to the work of the church, and when we are able to work together in using our gifts for the good of the church, we are doing what Paul calls us to in the very beginning of this scripture. We are living a life worthy of the call that we have received. When we lean into our gifts and allow God to be glorified through them, no matter what those gifts are, we are living in the way that God desires and has called us to. And so I ask you again, what are your spiritual gifts, and how can you use them to build up the church, the whole church, even those parts of the church that may be different from you? Would you pray with me? Creator God, we thank you for the ways that you have gifted us. Whether you have called us to be apostles or prophets or evangelists or shepherds or teachers, we thank you that all these gifts are given by Christ himself. And God, we confess that often we fail to recognize the ways that these gifts have been given are to be used for the unity of the entire church. And so God, as we reflect on how we are uniquely gifted, we ask that in our differences, in our uniqueness, that you would help us work towards that unity and that you would pour out an extra measure of your grace and help us to recognize all of the ways that you have called us so that we might live lives worthy of that calling. We love you, Lord, and we give you thanks. It's in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.